Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer requests, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Jesus, our perfect example. Now, growing up, mom and dad were pretty artful with getting us to, helping us to learn who Jesus was. We were told Bible stories, lots of Bible stories of, you know, important Bible stories throughout the Bible. Daniel in the lion's den, the creation, Joseph, um, you name it. Samson, he was one of my heroes because he was strong, right, even though he had a tragic life. Just different things. We were excited about Bible stories and we learned them at home. We learned them well. But I always love hearing about Jesus. He was always so amazing to me, even as a kid, because he was so strong and so faithful but he was so kind and gentle at the same time. He was all man, he was all God, but he was never wimpy. He always stood up to people. He always stood up, and he was such a perfect example in every single way. And I want to get into some of those ways again this morning. Last week, we hit really hard on he's our standard, he's our example, but in forgiveness. Jesus forgives, and he's called us to forgive. Let's go back to Colossians 3.13, just a brief review. Colossians 3.13, look at this. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Don't forget that. The Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. All right? That's important. Many times we struggle with this. And I remember as a kid growing up going, man, why does the Lord talk about forgiveness so much in Scripture? Why does Jesus talk about forgiveness so much? Well, he was constantly forgiving. He was being betrayed all the time, not just by Judas, and that was the worst kind of betrayal, but he was betrayed by us. All of our sin betrayed Jesus, and he forgave us. I brought this up last week. He was hanging on that cross, and he said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Can you imagine? We've had much less things done to us, and we had a hard time forgiving. A, a wrong look, somebody stole money from us, somebody didn't keep an appointment, somebody broke their word to us, somebody hurt our feelings, somebody betrayed us in some way, but Jesus was betrayed by his own creation. Can you imagine that? Scripture says, in the beginning was God, right? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. So Jesus was there from the beginning. He was the spoken Word of God. He was there with the Father. He was God in a different form, but He was God. He was the spoken Word. He was there at the beginning when mankind was created, and His creation, Scripture says, didn't even recognize Him or give Him honor. And they hung Him up on a cross to die. But God had to use their plan and turn it around into His plan to save us. And all through what? All through forgiveness. Somebody say forgiveness. So Jesus forgives, and so should we. Jesus forgives, so should we. Privately, publicly, with patience and kindness, generously. Okay, I just want to remind you of that. That was our point yesterday, and I could hardly leave that point. I didn't feel like God would even let me leave that point. So what you see in Jesus, remember this. What you see in Jesus is God's character. Okay, so if you see it in Jesus, the story of his life in the New Testament there in the Gospels or anything that's brought up about Jesus in the New Testament, that is God's character. Philip told Jesus one time, one of Jesus' disciples, he said, he said, Lord, show us the Father and that's enough for us. Jesus said, have you been with me that long and you don't recognize who I am? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. 
I am God in the flesh. You've seen me, you've seen the Father. So you see Jesus' example? That is God. That is how God interacts with people. He forgives. Somebody say, he forgives. That's right, he forgives. So what you see in Jesus, that's God's character. Point two last week, and I want to dwell on this one a little longer, is he speaks. He speaks. Now you all speak, right? Everybody in this house talks. We all talk in different ways. We have different communication styles. But here's what I've noticed about God. God, when he talks to us, I feel like he revealed this to me this week. I don't know if it was when I was shaving. I think it was. I don't remember. You know how you do those mindless things, and you feel like God starts laying stuff on your heart, like in the shower? Something you always do. Those of you that have hair, you comb your hair, right? If my beard was long enough, I guess I'd comb it, but I don't ever let it grow that long. But I feel like God laid this on my heart, is that he is not afraid ever, Jesus was never afraid, to deal with the hard issues. He would bring up uncomfortable things that people didn't want to talk about. Jesus would bring up stuff that nobody wanted to hear about. He would bring up things that people tried to ignore, and he would also point out things in people that they were unwilling to deal with. Now, we're not Jesus. He's our example. We're becoming more Christ-like every day, I pray, and that's our goal. By the Spirit of God, once we've accepted Jesus, we've chosen to live a life set apart for God. But let me tell you something right now. Jesus is our example. He brought up things, and he had the tough conversations. I feel like somebody in this house, God is speaking to you right now at the sound of my voice, that there's some conversations you need to have, maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but God's been speaking to you about them. Maybe it's with neighbors. Maybe it's with relatives of some kind. Maybe it's your mom or dad, your kids. I don't know, but you need to have tough conversations. And they aren't always easy. God's always dealt with me about that. I would go so far as to say there are some of us, in the, all of us in this room, let me say all of us, all of us, regardless of, of our personalities, have come to a place where at times in our life we're like, I don't want to bring that up. I know I should bring it up. But man, I don't want to bring that up. That's going to irritate people. It's going to irritate me. I may cry. They may cry. They may run out. I may run out. We may throw something. But I've got to bring this up. When God gave this message to me about 10 days ago, he was really leaning in heavy on me about this. I felt like this needed to be one of the points. He speaks. And that is such a good example for us. Does it mean I need to speak every time? No, because sometimes if we speak every time it comes to mind, we're talking out of turn. But learn this about Jesus. Jesus was very interesting in that there were times he was completely silent. There's a couple of times I can bring up to you right now. One time he was brought, you know, when he was brought to, to his accusers and he didn't answer his accusers, remember he just stood there? He was quiet. Perfect time to be silent. It shocked even Pilate the governor at that time, the Roman governor. Another time, remember they brought a lady who was caught in adultery? What did Jesus do? Did he start talking to them? No, he bent down and started to write in the dirt. Those of you that have seen the Passion of the Christ, he's just writing in the dirt. We don't know what he was writing. We don't know if he was writing their sins. We don't know if he was writing the Ten Commandments. We don't know if he was writing some part of the law. We do not know what he was writing, but he wrote in the dirt, and he was quiet. But many times, Jesus spoke, and it was always at the right time. We've got to ask God for wisdom to be able to speak at the right time like Jesus and be able to confront things that need confronting. 
A large part of our lives are boundaries. A large part of our lives are telling the truth. We should always tell the truth. And here's the thing about God. Every time he speaks, it is the truth, and you should do the same. But he speaks the truth in love. Remember, Jesus confronted the Pharisees, but he was speaking to those that were even ashamed. He would deal with people who were ashamed of their sin. He would deal with them. He would speak. Let's go to John 10, 27 real quick. I brought up this verse last week. He's never ashamed or afraid or embarrassed or, or nervous about bringing up important things, tough issues, hard conversations, tough topics, uncomfortable subjects. Look at what Jesus said. He said, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I know them and they follow me. So God is always speaking. You just got to listen. Some of you get, you receive, I'm, I'm fully convinced some of you have received dreams from the Lord. I believe I have. Some of you say, man, well, God speaks to me when I read his word. That's right. Sometimes God speaks to you through someone else, maybe a pastor, a friend, a mentor, an accountability partner, someone in your connect group. I told you guys last week, and I've told you this before, I've had people that didn't know Jesus from anybody. They didn't know Jesus any more than the man in the moon. They did not know the Lord, but they'd, they'd just speak up and go, well, what if it's this? And it would touch my heart, and I was like, man, that was from God. They're not even saved, and God spoke to them. Wow, you've had people like that in your life. They just give, gave you wisdom, and you're like, or maybe a parent who was unsaved, but they gave you wisdom. Said, wow, that's from God. That's amazing. So God is always speaking. We just got to tune in and listen. Jesus says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I feel like somebody in this house, God is calling you to have that tough conversation with somebody. Based on the word, based on love, based in love, tough conversation, a hard topic, something that's uncomfortable. Maybe it's controversial. You know, Jesus was controversial too. I'm going to get into that next week. Did you know his life was shrouded in controversy? Why? Because Joseph wasn't his biological father. We're surrounded by humans here, most of us not Jews, but how, can you imagine the Latins and black folks and white folks and different colored folks around here doing their talking? Imagine Jews. They're talkers. They're talkers, and they were gossipers, and they were going, hey, man, who's your dad? We'll get into that some more next week, all right? I'm going to tie that into how Jesus is our perfect example. But he speaks. He's always communicating. So make sure you listen. Make sure you're making time for the word. Make sure you're making time for prayer. God is speaking. You've got to make sure you listen. Now, point three today, tying this in. This is I'm finishing up last week's. He listens. I feel like this point is especially important for me because I am not naturally a good listener. I love people. I love being around people. But... I'm a talker, and sometimes talkers tend to just be overbearing and just talk right over somebody else. You ever dealt with someone where they're talking, they're talking, they're talking, it's your turn to talk, and they go like this, and they gravitate to their phone. I've gotten better at that. They're, they're telling you everything. They want you to know everything, but once you start talking, they're not listening. I've done that before as a husband. I never understood the jokes about men that weren't listening. I don't come home and just turn on the TV and sit there. I don't. I have lots of interaction with my wife, but sometimes she's like, and she'll tell you, I hate it when she does this, but she says it and it works every time. She goes, hello. My <laughs> baby, don't say hello. I'm here. She's all, but you're not listening. 
God's working on that in me, and I'm working on that, is sometimes we need to learn to listen. God is a sublime and supreme and amazing listener. Jesus always was. Always was and always will be a great listener. He listens. Let's go to Psalm 66, verse 16. Psalm 66, 16. Look at this. Look at this. It says, come and listen, all you who fear God. It's challenging us to listen, first of all. Isn't that interesting? Come and listen, all you who fear God, and I will tell you what he did for me. For I cried out to him for help, praising him as I spoke. Even when you cry out to God for help, you should be praising him. If I had not confessed the sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But look at this. But God did listen. He paid attention to my prayer. Some of you have prayed what you know is God's will according to his word. You've desired something for a long time. You're waiting. You're like, when, it, when is this going to come? I've prayed. I believe. Maybe you're believing for a miracle in your own life, in your family, in your home. Maybe you're believing for one of your kids to come to know Jesus. Maybe you're believing for grandpa or grandma to come to know the Lord or one of your parents. God heard you, I promise. You remember the story of Daniel? Scripture says an angel came to Daniel and says, Man of God, highly favored of the Lord, God heard you the day you prayed. But for the last 21 days, a demon withheld me from coming to you. I believe it was the prince of Persia. A, demon, a demonic spirit over the realm of Persia. He kept me from coming to you, but I got help in the spirit realm. And here I am with your answer. God heard you the moment you prayed. But you know what? God's dealing with our patience, isn't he? I'm believing God for some stuff right now. I can speak for me. And man, it's tried my patience. And what can you do? Can the potter, I mean, can the clay look up at the potter and go, what are you making? I don't do that with God. God, what are you doing? Like, what's going on here? I know you're in control, but why, 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 why? Hey, you, you have the opportunity to question God and talk to God. That's fine. You have a relationship with him through Jesus. But I'll be honest with you. God already knows what we need. He heard us when we prayed. The answer's on the way. He hasn't forgotten about us. He's not done with us. He's still working with us. He's still perfecting us. He's still transforming us. He's still with us. Just because I haven't received an answer to prayer doesn't mean that God is finished with me and he's done and he's tired of me. It doesn't mean he's mad at me. It doesn't necessarily mean that my prayer is wrong either. Because I know some prayers my wife and I are praying. I'm sure she has those that she's praying personally as well. And I have mine personally that I know they're according to God's will. It just hasn't happened yet. I believe it's God's will for this church to be full every Sunday, multiple services packed, jam-packed. I believe that's God's will. Why wouldn't it be for people to hear his word? Not for my glory or credit. God knows, man. I didn't even want the mic. I'm outgoing, and, and I love people, and I love to talk, but I was scared to death to preach. And here we are. And praise God who did not ignore my prayer or withdraw his unfailing love from me. God always hears. He always listens. He's always listening. It may not be the, respons- the response you want exactly when you want it, but he's not done with you. I want to impress that on your hearts this morning. God is not done with you. He's not done. He's just getting started. He answers prayers. He listens constantly. He's very interested in our lives, the smallest of details. I pray about silly things. I've prayed about stuff before. that You're like, what? Yeah, Lord, help me mow the lawn and do it well and do it quickly. Simple things. Why? Because it's on my mind. If it's on my mind, I believe. I believe God's concerned about it, too. 
It's part of life. He breathed the breath of life into our lungs, and I believe he's concerned about our lives, all right? He listens constantly. After all, he gave us life, right? He gave us life, and he wants a relationship with us. I love that song that they were singing earlier, and it said, he didn't, you didn't want heaven without us. I, heard, I saw people on, on the Internet one time, and they were trying to debunk the song. They're like, that's not scriptural. Really? Well, then why did God create heaven? For himself only? Does he be up there alone? No. No, God's plan was to have eternity with mankind. That's why he created our ancestors, Adam and Eve, in the garden so that we could spend time with God and have communion with him. What better way to have eternal communion with him is accept Jesus, understand and receive and relate to the blood of his sacrifice, and go live in heaven one day forever. Yeah. Yeah, he wants to be with us. That's why he listens to us. Everything we say is important to him. Even when we say crazy stuff. You ever dealt with someone and you're listening to them and you can tell where they are by the things they say, huh? They say something crazy and you're like, that ain't it. I've told people before too, very kindly, but I almost made them laugh, almost made them cry, I guess. I'm like, see what you just said? I don't know, I don't know what you just said. And I don't know what that means. But that's not scriptural and that's not God. I've had people put some strange stuff on God before. I'm like, no, God didn't do that. That's not how God operates. But he listens, and he knows where we are, and he gauges us, but he's hearing and he's listening. And Scripture says he answers our prayers when we pray according to his will. Somebody say amen in this house. Praise God. He listens. Point four today. He's stable. We need, we need, I'm going to speak to the men today. Women too, but listen, this is for everybody. But men, God has called us to stability. God has called us to stability. I, I have my flaws and my faults, but I was raised in a stable home, and it has lent stability to my life. And my relationship with God lends stability to my, my life. We don't just wake up every morning with my wife going, what kind of day is it going to be today with my husband? What's it going to be today? Yesterday he loved me, but today he may hate me. I talked to a guy years ago, and he's supposedly happily married now. I haven't seen him in years. But he said his first marriage, he married a woman that she would, she would wake up early. I guess she would wake up before him. But he knew the way she would get out of bed in the morning, the way her feet hit the floor and she walked, he said, oh, my gosh, it's going to be one of those days. Can you imagine? I don't know if she'd stumble out of bed and go. I, I really don't know. Only my strange sense of humor can imagine something. But, like, how did he know? He said, bro, I kid you not. This guy told me years ago. He said, man, I could tell by the way she got out of bed what kind of day it was going to be with her. God has called you to stability. Love is stable. Because regardless of how I feel, I'm going to love my wife. I'm going to have my moments. I'm going to be edgy or grumpy sometimes. You know, whatever. That's just part of being human. But I'm going to be stable because God has called me to stability. Why? Because Jesus was stable. He's perfectly stable. He's the same God who said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Y'all know I love that verse. He's the same one who said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. He doesn't change his mind about you day to day. He's stable. He's a picture of stability. He always loves us and thinks good of us. Let's go to Hebrews 13.8. I love this verse. I should, I should just put this up on the screen every week. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
He doesn't just go, oh, man, you messed up. I hate you all of a sudden. I just hate you. No. No. Scripture says God is love. He has boundaries. He has rules. He has regulations. He has commandments. But at the same time, he is a God of love. And he says, I love you no matter what. I've heard powerful ministers say this over the years. Is God will love somebody all the way to hell, even though they're rejecting him. You can choose hell over God. You can reject Jesus, and he'll love you all the way there. He is stable. Scripture says, I believe it's in Jeremiah, he says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have loved you with an everlasting love. He has not changed his mind about me, and he's not changed his mind about you. He is faithful. He is with us. Let me tell you something this morning. Somebody needs to hear this. Once you have accepted Jesus and chosen to walk with God, you are highly favored. I know that's become kind of cliche, but you are the favorite of God. You are his favorite. How, How can that be? Scripture says he's no respecter of persons. That means once you've accepted Jesus, everybody's his favorite. Now, you seeking God alone longer than the next person, yeah, God's going to speak to you more or you're going to hear him more, but it doesn't mean he loves you any different from me. But you should seek him. You should, if, if you really love the Lord, Dad was talking about this a couple months ago, if you really love God, and that's important, we know God loves us, but now you should love and be stable. You should love him back. You should have a responsive love because he loved us first, right? So you've got to love him with all your heart and mind and soul and strength, everything that is within you. You've got to love God. And if you love God, you're going to spend time with him. I keep using these references just because marriage is a type and shadow of our relationship to the Lord. I love my wife, so I want to spend time with her. I never understood this where people get married and they never see each other again. (laughs) They don't even know each other. You've heard people say that? Well, I don't even know you anymore. Not us. I'm going to tell you right now, this is ministered to me, and I've watched my parents do this, and my grandparents, and my wife's parents do this, is we get to know each other more and more, and it's the good, the bad, and the ugly. I just bring it in, and whatever we had, we bring it in, and we're honest and open about it. And as we love each other and we love God, God is at the center of our relationship. I believe it creates stability when we communicate, listen to each other, talk, spend time, and practice our love. And that's how it is with God. I practice my love with God. I've even told the Lord this. And you say, man, well, can you do that? I don't know, but I do. I'm like, Lord, help me to love you more. Show me how to love you more. You're the author of love. You're the author and finisher of our faith. Teach me how to walk in love with my wife, with the the church members, the flock that you've entrusted me, with the family, the Sinna family, the Brown family, anybody who's related to me, people at church, people on the streets. Teach me how to love, Lord God. I want to be like Jesus. And that's a tough prayer because sometimes you start praying those prayers and you start going through things so God can knock off pride, arrogance, irritability, you ever dealt with someone who was just heavy and hard to deal with? You ever dealt with someone like that? It's just hard to deal with. It's like, dang, can it just be easy? You go to talk to them and they disagree. You go to just love them and they're hard to love. You offer them a gift, they're all, what's this for? Or what'd you do wrong, right? I've seen parents do this with their kids. Oh, you're going to church now, son? What, what have you been doing wrong? And chances are he messed up and that's why he's back at church. But who cares, right? Just being difficult. No. 
The Lord's stable. Scripture says, he says this about himself. He says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I pray that you've learned to have that in your relationships. Don't be putting a burden on people. Don't be difficult. Learn to forgive. Look at that. Learn to forgive. Learn to speak at the right time. Learn to listen all the time. Remember, God gave us two ears, and mine are prominent. But we did a little test, just for a little break for y'all. We did a little test, and I'm going to show you. God gave me these ears this way for a reason. Dad, would you hold this? Look how weird I look with my ears attached close to my head. Look how weird it makes me look. I used to go, I was like, baby, my ears stick out too much. What about this? What do you think? And she's like, you look weird. <laughs> He gave me these two sticking out ears and one mouth with one tongue so that I could listen more than I speak. And that's a challenge for someone like me. I don't know about you. Some of you are quiet and some of you are like, you just, you don't want to talk about much. And that's all right. You can work on that. But we all need to move to middle ground. We need to talk and listen. The Lord does it. He's a good example. Jesus has always been a perfect example. So he speaks, he listens, and he's stable. What is stability? I believe stability has to do with emotional stability. I brought that up earlier, but I want to go over that again. Is you knowing who you're dealing with all the time. I've dealt with people over the years, and I didn't know who I was going to get because they were different every time I saw them. I'm like, how many people are in there? Is this multiple personality disorder? What is it? I've seen them, and they're cool at church. They're all glad. They're cool. I see them later, and they, act, they ignore me. And they saw me, and they're trying to avoid me. Then I see them later, and they're kind of cool, but then they're just kind of mellow. And then other times I see them, and then they're glad. And then I see them again, and they're mad. And I'm like, man, they're a one-man freak show, right? Like the movie said. Like, they're up and down and all kinds of stuff. Like, golly, what's going on? Stability. We're going to have bad days. You're going to have tough times and trying times. But I believe the example of Jesus is Jesus the same yesterday, today, and forever. That means I'm going to walk in love Every day. Walked in love yesterday. I'm walking in love today. I'm walking in love tomorrow. And man, I, I don't believe I'm made perfect in love yet. I don't believe I'm as mature as I could be in love yet. I don't. You say, oh, just loving your wife. No, love in general. Friendship love, love with my wife, love with the Lord. I have so much room to grow in my love walk. I do. But I'm going to practice it every day single day of my life. It's going to be a choice and I'm going to be stable and I'm going to practice being humble and listening and hearing God's voice and hearing other people when they speak to me and they speak truth to me. So Jesus, remember, he's our perfect example and he's who we should emulate. All right, let's go ahead and bow our heads and close our eyes today.